the struggle is where the growth is and that if it was easy it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same experience it wouldn't feel as wonderful when you finally achieve it and crack it Hello and welcome to another edition of Expedition Business where we talk to inspiring South African entrepreneurs about the highs and lows of their business journey and how on earth they managed to keep the flame of business adventure burning because facing your day with a smile is sometimes the toughest thing you have to do My name is Christelle Rosley Fenter your host and the one lucky enough to be talking to Shona McDonald, survivor, Shark Tank contestant and most of all, founder of First Days Lingerie and Swimwear. But before I introduce Shona to you, I would like to remind you to subscribe, like, comment and share this podcast with as many of your friends and family as possible. Without your help, we cannot continue to share the amazing stories of our South African entrepreneurs. But back to Shona and her remarkable story. Shona McDonald, a dynamic entrepreneur and the founder of First Days, brings a refreshing approach to business. With her extensive experience in the fashion industry and her appearance on popular shows like Survivor South Africa and Shark Tank, Shona has established herself as a resilient and adventurous entrepreneur. Her brand First Days mirrors her exuberant personality, creating and empowering an inclusive space for both women and men. Shona, welcome to Expedition Business. Ah, thank you so much, Christelle. And on such a special day, it's your birthday today. Yes, it happy is. birthday! Thank you so much. Thank you. And yes, we have chosen a very special guest for this very special day. So we cannot wait. Oh well, I feel honoured. Thank you, <laughs> Shona. If you have 60 seconds to describe First Days and why you feel so passionate about it, what would be your elevator pitch? So First Days is more than a fashion brand. It's a feeling. I really design our products to have an emotional um, connection with our wearers. So everything is designed to make you feel held and comforted. So yeah, I design I design everything for Thursdays to really make you feel held and comforted while you still feel bold and courageous in in what you're wearing. It really helps show your personality and shine your light. Mm-hmm. So um the brand is very purpose-driven. My goal with it is for it to be a catalyst in reviving the textile manufacturing sector in South Africa, specifically the underwear manufacturing sector. So yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun and it's really impactful. So I really want to make a difference with the brand. Well, it certainly looks like a lot of fun, but I'd like to know where did this all start? I couldn't find bras that fit me that were beautiful and that were affordable. And when I studied entrepreneurship, we had to come up with a business solution for a problem that we had. 
And the number one thing to do before starting a business is market research. So I actually had a different idea before I started Thursdays. I was going to make um, plasters or band-aids mm -hmm. for people of all skin tones. And when I did my market research for that, I realized that there actually wasn't very much demand for this at all. This was a problem that I thought existed, but didn't actually in the minds of the consumers. So as soon as I started researching like how many other women struggled to find bras, I realized that there really was demand for this and that I wasn't the only woman to have this challenge. And greater than that, the impact it has on women's self-esteem was huge. So, yeah, so we started with lingerie specifically for women C cup and up. And that's actually why the, bra the brand is called Thursdays because Thursdays is ladies night. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm quite happy because um, it's not really ladies night anymore. So as the world evolves, so has the brand. So we have recently started including men in our collections okay. and this started with our introduction of festival wear when i went to africa burn i made a whole bunch of outfits for my friends and i couldn't exclude the guys because that would just be wrong and i realized that the men actually were the most grateful because they had the least options when it comes to dressing a little bit more fun and fashionable and flary uh regardless of your sexual orientation everybody wants to look and feel good mm -hmm. so um that has inspired now more unisex outfits in the brand and some male orientated outfits so i'm really enjoying the creative process of um the expansion and the evolution of the brand as we grow and you certainly are very very creative i just want to quickly what would be the definition of festival wear so festival wear for me is anything that you wear to a music festival that you feel expresses your personality in a way that you, the, the one beautiful thing that I love about going to music festivals is that people tend to leave their inhibitions behind at home and embrace themselves on a deeper, more connected level. So you go out into these beautiful spaces that are often like pure nature. You listen to music, which really moves the soul and you feel very connected to yourself. So it's nice to dress up and have fun. It's like very playful. And it reminds me of being a child again and just dressing up and playing and dancing and singing and, you know, just that really um, playful mood and energy, which is really, really good for you. Uh -huh. So by wearing outfits that align with that energy, you are able to express yourself a lot more and in that way get to know yourself better and connect with yourself better. So even though... I make a lot of festival wear. I wear a lot of it on a normal day these days. Uh-huh. Okay. Would that <laughs> um, be your cat suits? Yes, yes, yes. So I've made this really cool leopard one onesie. It's like a bodysuit uh -huh. and leopard print leggings. And I wear those just as normal clothes on a because leopard print is very in, right? It's very fashionable. So everything that Thursday's done it does is very practical. So you will be able to wear it pretty much any day. And then I wear it together with the with the bodysuit and the leggings. And then I'm full leopard, 
which I absolutely love. And then people just, they gravitate towards the outfit. It's amazing. Oh, well, and is that what you wear to the music festivals? Yes, yeah. So I'll wear that to the music festivals, definitely. Um, in fact, I've got one coming up this weekend. So that is 100% one of my outfits. Okay. But then I will wear the, the bodysuit with some jeans, for example, or the leggings with a T-shirt just on a normal day. Uh-huh. Okay. Just coming back to your bras, lingerie and swimwear, What I've picked up is that female empowerment seems to be a massive thing throughout everything you do. But I assume that something that never crossed your mind was to be part of a bra-burning brigade. So, yes, definitely female empowerment is 100% aligned with my brand. Um, I, I, I actually believe in the empowerment of all people. In, in making everybody like rise to their full potential. But it is important to try and close things like the gender inequality gap, mm-hmm. which is, you know, definitely one of our, our motivators. Bra burning, I'm not really, I'm not really against anything, to be honest with you. I, I tend to naturally sway more towards positive things. So I wouldn't say if if people wanted to burn their bra, I'd be like, here, here, go girl, free the nipple. You know, I'm not trying to be here. <laughs> I'm not trying to be here telling anybody that they have to wear a bra or they have to wear anything. Uh-huh. My most important thing is that people feel the most comfortable possible in their bodies exactly as they are today. Uh-huh. And that means that they don't ever wear any underwear. Uh-huh. Go you you know, but if you want something that holds you and supports you and makes you feel more comfortable within your body so that you can go out and shine your lights, then that's the, that's the kind of product that I design that, that is aligned to people who do want to wear bras and who do want to wear underwear and who do want to go to the beach. And maybe they feel like, you know, most people that they had a little bit too many, like ice creams or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like we, as, as humans, we often compare ourselves to everybody else and to be in such an intimate space, you know, barely dressed in, in public, it can be very scary. Mm -hmm. So to have products that are designed to fit your body, to hold you, to make you feel good in your skin as you are so that you can go out and not worry about how you look and just concentrate on being in the moment and having fun and doing what you're there to do. That's very much what my brand stands for. Not really like for or against any certain type of fashion. Shana, you are very famous for taking part in Survivor twice. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Survivor super fan. So <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a dream come true and something that I am extremely grateful for being um, called back to do a second time because, you know, it's something that you you always think about all the time, even even now, like Survivor crosses my mind all the time. It's It's a huge milestone in my life because it really shifts a lot of things. Mm-hmm. First of all, it made me believe that I can do anything. Literally, because this was a goal of mine since I was a child and that I really 
believed I would do one day, I would always put myself in those shoes and say, when I go on Survivor, this is what I'll do. This is how I'll do it. And I think constantly believing that, um, I, I really believe that I manifested it. Mm-hmm. And I now believe in manifestation a, a lot. And I put it to practice a lot. And I see it show up in my in my life a lot. Mm. So Survivor was an example of how I can achieve something that's so far out of my control. Therefore, everything else that I want is a lot more in my control. And, and, and therefore, should be a lot more doable. Therefore what is stopping me from going after my goals. Mm. But there's also a lot of growth that comes through the process of going through it because it's quite a surreal experience. You are literally removed from reality and put into this very different world where you are being watched constantly, you're on camera, People are, you know, playing a game, yet you feel connected, yet you don't. Um, You've got all of these amazing physical um, and mental challenges in a beautiful environment. You're very much in the moment. Time, Time goes by so slowly when you are there. Oh, my word. Three days feels like three weeks because you are literally so present in the moment every second and even afterwards watching the show having gone through all of that it's a lot of self-reflection and it's a lot of growth so both times I've come out of that experience it's interesting because you see yourself from a third person point of view Mm -hmm. as well yeah so so you learn so much about yourself even in the process leading up to it, because you're obviously getting prepared for a a massive, massive challenge. And then in that self-reflection afterwards, that I find both times afterwards, my life has just, you know, accelerated on the path that I wanted to go on. And I've been able to steer things the way that I want them to go through just knowing myself a lot more. And also... It's a it's a really, really challenging experience. In fact, something that we all bonded on in the second time that we, we were there because the, the second season I was on was a, a returnee season. Yes. So it was called Return of the Outcast. So they invited back several several players, well, everyone who played before, um, but hadn't won the game. And everyone had trauma from the Okay, how so? Oh, everyone's trauma was different. Um, what but, was yours? You know, it's, um, mine was, you know, I think it was mainly just, um, mine was mild compared to most people's because I am, I'm a very positive person and I live very much in the moment. Um, but it was mainly just uh, regrets. You know, when things don't go your way and you can see for the, mo- it's it's a very interesting thing because often in life, if you make a mistake, you don't see the consequence immediately, right? Mm-hmm. The consequences might show up a little bit down the line and you don't really know exactly what led to that. But in Survivor, you make a mistake and you're out immediately. And then every all of your dreams are gone. Um, so... I I just replayed that last day in my mind for months and couldn't sleep and 
you know, was thinking, what if this, what if that? Um, it really, really does play on you. Um, so mine was mine was very mild, to be honest with you. Okay. But um, yeah, some some people's lives. I mean, I think it's a very positive thing as well. So with with hardship comes growth, is what I'm trying to say. You know, whenever you go through a a really really challenging experience, there's always growth that comes from that. If you don't, if if life is too easy, then it kind of plateaus. But if you experience hardship or challenges and you overcome that and you go further, then then that's where your growth accelerates. Mm-hmm. Just want to quickly, you said you couldn't sleep for months, yet your trauma was mild compared to the others. How bad <laughs> was the others then if you couldn't sleep well, for months? Yeah, look, I mean, I don't think it's fair for me to share other people's stories. Every Everyone goes through, like, their own things and I think it's generally a mental game right so it's something that you and it's it's not that I couldn't sleep I could sleep but I would wake up at night I would wake up generally like like thinking about things and then like and that happened I think for about like yeah for for a long time afterwards just a quick question don't you think that survivor is just a very small microcosm of real life where you yes think people no. are your friends, but they're not necessarily. So I would say that hasn't been true for me in my life. I'm very blessed with the friends I've got in real life. They have always showed up as true friends mm-hmm. consistently. Um, I mean, if I think about my journey as an entrepreneur, it's not been easy, right? So it's often cash flow challenges, you know, I, I do a lot to promote my brand. I'm always having events. I'm always having these new ideas where I rally my community to come and support me and share and take pictures for me and, you know, all of these things. And people show up constantly, constantly. And I've been doing this for years and I still feel so much love, so much support from a very, very authentic space that I know that I can rely on my friends because I do, I really do. And they, they always show up and, and I'm very blessed. I'm very, very blessed with the people in my life. I don't, I, I don't see it as the same as, as the survivor friendships, but having said that, the survivor friendships are lifelong friendships as well post the game. So we are like a cookie family. We've got a WhatsApp group with everybody on it. And there is a lot of support and love within the community, despite anything that happens in the game. And then I assume that is until any one of them annoys you. (laughs) I think I'm probably the annoying one. (laughs) Sorry, I just need to explain (laughs) my statement here. I saw on your Facebook your bill, what your billboard would look like. I'm really nice until you annoy me. Oh, yes, that's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. <laughs> and I was saying that to a friend of mine as well. I was like, look how true this is. And then she annoyed me and I told her, I was like, well, you see, be careful. <laughs> oh, shame. Shona, then you were a shark tank contestant and you made sure everybody knew who you are, and you've decided you're not going to go away without a deal. How did that work? 
Oh, that was lovely. So I actually, believe it or not, I'm very camera shy. So yeah. I learned I learned from my first season of Survivor that I need to get over my fear of being in front of camera, especially when I'm going to be pitching my business. So at this stage, I was working as an online radio presenter. And I asked the radio station, they had like a very big camera for outside broadcasts. And I said, please, can I borrow this for a week? Um, and I just practiced saying my pitch in front of this camera lens mm-hmm. so that I could get used to being on camera before I actually was. Um, and then something else that Survivor taught me was continuity. So when we did the practice walks in for, for Shark Tank, when they showed us, okay, this is where you're going to walk, this is where the people are going to sit, I just had the biggest smile on my face mm-hmm. during the practice so that when I did it for real, I would have to have that same smile and smiling gives you that confident feeling. And I had also had a like a practice session with some of my friends. I said to them, okay, I'm just going to do like a practice pitch to you guys. You're going to grill me. They all had different skills. Like I had a friend who's an accountant, a friend who's like a marketing exec. And then they all grilled me on their questions and their expertise. And wherever I was falling short before actually doing the show, then they sat with me and I made sure that I had all of those points very clear in my mind so that I could answer any questions. And I felt very, very well rehearsed. Mm-hmm. So by the time that I got into the the tank situation and we were filming, that I I was just allowing myself to have fun, relax, you know, I was confident that I knew what I was talking about. And I just wanted to like show my, my brand in its best light. Mm -hmm. And I think that really translated well. The one thing, so I had three, I had three sharks that uh, offered me an investment and I decided to go with Vinnie Lingham because he had a lot of experience with e-commerce and um, online sales. And he also lives in Silicon Valley. So he's got a presence in the States and I'm always thinking big. And I was like, okay, awesome. Here I can align with an investor who has presence in the States as well as South Africa. So that means growth. But at this stage, it was very, very early on in Thursday's um, uh development Mm -hmm. and I soon after that our manufacturers took on a client from somebody else and then they could no longer manufacture for us which meant that I had to search for new manufacturers Mm -hmm. and that has been the biggest challenge for me to date actually is actually manufacturing bras in South Africa so then um, Vinnie Lingham and his team because he had he has an investment portfolio called Newtown Partners and they really specialize in blockchain and cybersecurity. so Thursdays was quite misaligned to the rest of that and while we were doing the manufacturing challenges. They really didn't have much that they could help me with. So eventually we just parted ways amicably. But I did get a, a small investment from them and thing we still on very good terms. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a great learning experience for me. Um, and I've, I'm still now 100% owner of Thursdays, but I am looking to, to scale because 
Um, yeah, nothing is confirmed yet, but I, I do, I have found a factory that manufactures bras in South Africa. So we are busy discussing um, a handover from them. Uh, they're looking to sell the business and it looks like we are going to be buying it and uh, ensuring that the skills are handovered and more ladies are trained and that we actually can start to fulfill our initial purpose of bringing these skills back to South Africa and um, redeveloping our our local supply chain for underwear manufacturing. Well, at some point, you've also manufactured in Mauritius, but that didn't work out. Oh yeah, so that was the first the first time I ever made my products. I manufactured in Mauritius, and this was because I was a very new brand. Um, I hadn't manufactured anything yet. It was just like I was a starry-eyed girl with this dream of creating bras and, you know, making an impact. And everybody that I spoke to in South Africa, well, not everybody, but all the all the producers, they didn't take me seriously because it is such a challenging industry and bra making is very complicated. And they'd seen so many people try and fail that they almost didn't want to waste their time. So either they wouldn't take my order because they said, no, 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 you know, um, we only take much, much larger quantities or they would price it so high that it actually just didn't make any sense for me to make it here because their price was pretty much what I needed to charge at retail level, which meant that I had no um, margins for markup and you can't just enter into a industry as a newcomer with no experience and state that you're a luxury brand I mean mm -hmm. you need to you need to make sure that you are actually delivering on on that and that you built a brand beforehand mm -hmm. so I couldn't justify such exorbitant prices so that's why I was like well you know as much as I want to produce locally it's impossible at that stage. So um, Mauritius has a very good reputation for textile manufacturing. Yes. And so I went up there and I actually went to Mauritius. I saw the facility where they were going to be manufacturing my stuff. We did the sample while I was there. In fact, Enterprise Mauritius, I felt like a VIP. They fetched me every day and they drove me around to all of my meetings, which they helped me set up with different factories and different suppliers. And I thought it was a very successful meeting, but the challenge was, is I still was a very small unknown brand. And as soon as I was back in South Africa, there were all these kind of delays in terms of our production. Um, they mismanaged our fabric. They kept pushing our order back. Eventually I had to pay like 1.5 times the amount so that they could work on Saturdays to get it done before Christmas when it was originally meant to be finished in September, early oh September. My goodness. So it was an extremely stressful situation. I just put all of this money into it. When I got my product back, you know, um, because they'd mismanaged the fabric, I had this print that was supposed to be on all of the swimwear and it was only on the bottoms of the bikinis and the tops were plain. Um, they didn't even make most of my halter neck ones. And the, the one piece swimwear, they, it looked like they, they had outsourced it to another supplier who didn't understand bras and put all the underwires in backwards. Oh, so yeah. I had to find somebody in South 
Africa to fix that. And yo, it was extremely stressful. So that's when I was like, okay, I'm going back to my original concept. I'm going to be producing in South Africa. I'm going to find people who can make bras here, or I will train people to make bras. And that's what we ended up doing. We found a CMT, which is a small factory called a Cup Make Trim in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And leading up to this, and my good, like some of the samples that came back were horrific. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. But this place, they really were a quality place. They'd not made a bra before. So I found a lady, she was a lingerie specialist. She was 77 years old at this stage. This was yeah. now in 2018. And um, she trained this CMT how to make bras. And so then they actually produced our first ever lingerie collection, which was awesome because finally we were in production. But because it was a new thing for them, they also were not the most reliable. So I would get my order in batches, like, you know, five units this day, 10 units another day. And it would generally take me really sitting on them saying like, hello, where's the order? Please, can you get this? And then she actually, the the owner of um, the CMT, she, she had some health complications and then bras were causing her stress. And then she stopped making for me. So then again, we had to pause production and find manufacturing solutions. So it's really been like a very, very rocky, like stop, start, stop, start. Very much me on the ground, trying to find people with the skills, trying to do the skills transfer, um, which is why the addition of the festival wear has been so wonderful because um, it was an, actually the lead up. So I've now found a, two CMTs actually in Cape Town who do bras, but their capacity is very small. So during my last downtime, while I couldn't produce, we focused on making mastectomy bras. Yes. Mastectomy bras are bras for women who've had breast cancer and they need to wear an external prosthesis. So this goes between the bra and a mesh pocket inside. Mm-hmm. So that it holds the prosthesis properly against the body, making sure that they have the right um, posture, that they're not having any back challenges from carrying this external weight, and also that they have some of their womanhood um, given back to them because losing your breasts, you know, can feel a bit like losing a bit of your identity. So to feel that you've got your breasts back is, is very important for, for many women. So tell me, how did you get onto the mastectomy bras? Did you know somebody with breast cancer? No. So just before lockdown, actually, we had opened up a store in Woodstock. Um, I got a few local lingerie and swimming brands together, and I said, why don't we open up a, a little store between us where people can come and shop for locally made lingerie and swimwear? And for the opening of the store, I thought, Let's do a bra collection drive where people can bring their gently worn bras. We'll donate them to a good cause and then they can shop for new products from local brands. Mm-hmm. So I started reaching out to places that I thought might want to um, collect these bras. And one of them was Reach for Recovery, the Cape Peninsula branch. And I said, oh, I'm doing a bra collection drive. Are you interested in this? 
And they said, that's lovely, but what they really need is mastectomy bras, uh, which are very hard to come by in South Africa. Most of our bras are imported. They have very specific needs. Can I make these bras? So I said, sure, let's let's get together and see. Like, I don't see why anything is, is impossible. Obviously, I was still at the stage trying to find new manufacturers, but I still had my designer. And I said, let's start the developing process because it takes a while to develop these patterns. And yeah, that's how we started collaborating. They showed me what they needed. And then we co-developed the Carla mastectomy bra. Wow. And that we in 36 sizes. 36 sizes. Yeah. And so- we're going to be extending the size range as well. Because wow. <laughs> believe it or not, it's not enough. Shana, just quickly, you mentioned when you were asked about mastectomy brass, your answer was sure. Do you ever say no to anything? (laughs) Sometimes. I sometimes say no. I'm learning to say no. I say no to things that don't excite me and to things that I don't see alignment with. I am very clear with what I want to do with my life and what kind of supports that trajectory and what takes me off on a different path. Mm. That being said, I I do have about a million ideas every single day. And (laughs) often I want to execute a lot of them. And some of them they do to the outside viewer, they could seem, you know, that they're not aligned. But I see, I see everything that I do as a bit of like um, a spider's web, that it all links up and supports each other at the end of the day. It's, it's got this common thread that runs through it. So, yeah, I say, I say yes most of the time. But I also really enjoy living life to the full. Mm-hmm. So for me, especially if it's a new experience, something that I haven't tried that excites me. I enjoy learning new things. I enjoy having different experiences because I feel like you get to know about more about the world and about yourself that way. And yeah, like if if I can do it and I've got capacity and it kind of supports what I'm already doing, then I generally don't see a reason not to. So sustainability is a massive part of your business as well and you call yourself a zero waste brand which i think is applaudable but something that i would like to know does that mean you are also a thrifter so uh, i actually don't shop a lot personally i i i've started now creating my own clothes i do thrift a little bit Um, But generally, I've had the same wardrobe for as long as I can remember. And now I've started making my own stuff. What I want to do with Thursdays is actually, I'm I'm trying to build our products so that they last lifetimes, so that you can pass them down and they become items that you can thrift. So uh, I've I've got a, a lot of friends who are big into community and I want to create like capsule collections where we collaborate with thrift shops and put new things with the old so that we start to merge the two worlds a lot more so that you can see um, the value of 
repurposing, reselling, even things that are newly made. Because I think all the a lot of the brands that make stuff these days, like fast fashion, it it doesn't last much more than a season or two. Mm. So it's important to be making stuff that lasts longer. But yeah, no, I, I actually am not a very good customer myself. I don't actually <laughs> shop a lot. <laughs> I think that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. You've got to, I put my money in my business and it's uh, into experiences. <laughs> okay. Speaking of your money, do you ever get times when I listen to all the ups and downs of your whole bra making ventures um do you ever get a time where you think Shibit, I wish I was still doing sales in a corporate environment where I get a massive salary with much less stress it's probably crossed my mind maybe two or three times over the last eight years. Okay. <laughs> generally, generally, I'm very happy with my life decision to, to be an entrepreneur. I love the freedom that it gives me in terms of just where I can work from, what times I can work, what I spend my time on. And also just being, I, I'm a creator. I'm a very, very creative being. And I, 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 get a lot of enjoyment from life just being able to think of something and then implement it and not having to ask for permission to do that Mm. I've learned to live with a high level of stress so I'm very lucky in that regard I think it comes down to having a lot of control over my mind and my thoughts and living in the present moment so I'm not an overthinker of things. I don't let things stress me out too much. When I do have extremely stressful times, especially when it's financial stress and that's like the biggest stress, I just center myself. I focus on my breathing. Often if I'm in Cape Town, I'll, I'll go to the ocean and I'll sit on the rocks and I will thank my, my stress or my anxiety for whatever message it's bringing to me. So it'll it'll be like, okay, I'm really stressed about like X. I'll be like, thank you very much, body and mind for bringing this to my attention. Uh, I'm aware of this. And these are the things that I'm doing about it. And then I will let it go. And I will just, you know, be, I will then shift my focus to, what I'm grateful for. Wow, I, I live in a beautiful place. I've got amazing supportive friends and family. I have a very high quality life. I am doing what I love. Um, th- there's so many things. The list of things to be grateful for is much, much longer than the list of things that I'm stressed about. Um, even when the things that I'm stressed about are very real stresses. Uh-huh. But yeah, I'm, I'm extremely grateful that I know what I want to do with my life and that I have the ability to just go and do it. So I, I had a corporate job for like six months of my life and I only liked it because I was the best stressed person there. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I worked at Jenny Button um, for two years before that and Jenny Button was the very high quality South African brand for ladies, corporate wear and evening wear. So mm-hmm. when I got my corporate job, I looked better than the CEO, even as like the bottom of the ring, like kind of employee. 
<laughs> I'd walk in in my pencil skirts and my tuxedo suit and my silk shirts, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm here for work. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. But, but no, I didn't like it. I didn't like so much structure. I didn't like the office politics. I didn't like having to ask for leave and permission every time I wanted to do something. So, no, that's not for me. Okay. The asking for permission has come up a couple of times now. (laughs) And I can't help to think back that, as far as I know, you've been in a Catholic school for girls. Did that have any influence on your career and the way you do things? Hmm, interesting. I actually haven't thought about that too much. So I, I had a very good education. I definitely believe that it taught me work ethic and that I should strive to be good. Like there was a lot of healthy competition uh, when you when you go to a good school uh, centered around like good education. Um, you want to do your best and you want to strive to do your best and you want to study hard and everything. So I think I've carried through those characteristics. I was still figuring myself out a lot at school. So I wasn't as bold and uh, like maybe as charismatic as I am now. It took me a long time to kind of find my self in my in my own confidence. Even, even um, my confidence journey has has grown a lot even in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's always a journey, but I've, I've, I've been a lot more in touch with my, my energy centers and my, my spirituality than I ever have been. And um, I don't know if you believe in chakras, but I can kind of feel where, where they are in my body now. And I was going through, I go to the game farm quite a lot and we were on a game drive and I was just sitting with myself on the drive and I was just feeling like each of the energy centers in my body and trying to like shine light energy out of each of them. And I realized when I got to my solar plexus that it it felt more dense and it didn't, it wasn't as easy for me to shine a light from there. And at this stage, I didn't know too much about the chakras. So I did some research and I realized that this is actually where the light in your body is is like, it's the light centers, your solar plexus. And it stands for self-confidence, self-worth, self-esteem. And so I just did a very personal experiment. Um, I didn't even tell many people about it in the beginning because it was, it was, yeah, very personal. Mm -hmm. But I just started actively trying to imagine shining a light from my solar plexus. I started wearing a lot more yellow to remind me of this light energy. I did, yeah, a few things that would unblock that that energy center. And the, the impact has been absolutely insane. Like people literally, when I was like really practicing this very consciously, um, people would come up to me and be like, wow, Shona, you are a solar play. You are the sunshine. Like, um, they would tell me what I was trying to imagine being on the inside without me having said anything. And, um, and my, my confidence in the things that I've gone after has like increased dramatically. Um, I feel a lot more bold than I ever have been. And I mean, I, I guess I always have to a degree been quite, quite a bold, bold. person, mm-hmm. but 
but but even more so these days wow. um but it has been it has definitely been a journey at school i was a lot more shy in fact i couldn't even speak to boys for a long time like i would stutter i, <laughs> I cannot imagine a time where you were shy it just <laughs> doesn't seem know, to be possible <laughs> but Shona, when I hear you speak and how you operate and work through all your stresses and strains, it almost feels like you are always in control. I assume you never, ever get to a point where you lose it. Oh, no, 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 not at all. In fact, I'm a hot mess. I often laugh at myself. <laughs> like, not always. But yeah, like, there are times when I just, I cry a lot as well. I'm, I'm very, I'm a very emotional person. It's very easy to, I'm a, uh, to, to, um, I feel emotions on an extreme level. Mm -hmm. So 95% of the time, I'm extremely happy. Hallelujah. But when, but when, uh, but when I'm sad, I'm, I'm very sad, you know, like I, 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 I cry when I'm angry. It's very seldom, but I turn red like a tomato sauce bottle. And then you know to run because I am about to explode. Um, <laughs> but generally, I, I, I am able to come back to myself very quickly because I don't like being upset. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't like to dwell on that. But I do feel it's important to release emotions when they come up. I have the outlook in life that nobody is purposefully out to get me. Mm -hmm. So even when people do upset me for whatever reason, I always think of it like they didn't mean it. It's not on purpose. So my anger or upset is never generally towards somebody thinking it's in a vindictive way. It's more just like frustrated at the situation. And then I deal with it and I move on and I don't like to hang on to things because, yeah, hanging on to things I don't think serves you. I also don't – I think that's why I also don't worry a lot. Mm -hmm. I feel like worry is such a waste of energy. I would rather focus on the present or look forward to the future than worry about anything um, and I'm also an optimist. So I generally see, even if things are not going well, um, I, I see the most positive outcomes. Sometimes it can be, I actually say my optimism is my biggest weakness because sometimes I just don't see how things can't go well and then it's very difficult to plan for that. Mm. So I have to seek like outside counsel and be like, okay, this is happening. What could go wrong? What do I need to prepare for here just in case? Because <laughs> in my, it's going to be a huge success. <laughs> well, it's important to know what your strengths are and when to get outside help from. Without that, you are going to fail, definitely. Yeah. But Shona, your father, whom I believe you call Mr. Strong Like a Lion, seemed to be a big part of who you are. <laughs> Do you think that you would have ever done what you are doing if you did not grow up in an adventure-filled home? I think your parents, without you even realizing it, have a huge impact on who you are. And I'm very, very lucky to have two amazing parents. Um, my dad, yes, he, when you ask him how he is, he always says, I'm strong like a lion. So <laughs> um, he's, he's definitely got a very adventurous um, spirit. He took us to the bush for holidays where 
I really connected with nature from a very young age, which I think has had a huge impact on who I am, how I connect with myself, um, and just my ability to be present. He was also an entrepreneur, so I learned about starting a business and stuff from him. My mom, she's a psychologist. She did a doctorate in her 50s. So she's always advancing, always learning. She's also very spiritual in the fact that she seeks out, like, not religious, but, like, different way, like, kind of explanations to things in terms of, like, connecting with yourself, connecting with purpose. Um, and that's where I get a lot of that from. So, yeah, I think that your 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 environment definitely helps to shape who you become, but I can't say I am like anyone in my family. <laughs> I'm definitely an anomaly. Okay, that is good to know. So you've mentioned the beach that you go to fairly often. Apart from going to the beach, what other hobbies do you have that help you to get over all your stresses and strains? So I really enjoy hiking. Getting out in nature, walking, I'm not a runner. I've tried that, really don't like it. I don't believe that you should like do too much of things that don't give you joy. I love to dance. So uh, whether it's going out, dancing with my friends, whether it's just at home, playing some music, even dancing in the mirror. I realize that's great exercise too. So dancing really lifts my mood and um, is very good for me in many, many ways. And I always, the funny thing is my whole life, I thought I was a bad dancer because my gran is a professional dancer, but she did um, uh, like tap dancing, which yeah. is very structured. And, you know, when you are young, you go to dancing classes like ballet and I, and I couldn't do that. I'm not very coordinated. But what I realized is that not all dancing is coordinated. Like I'm very good at just like moving to the music in like a free flow kind of way. Um, and that is much more my style. So yeah, I enjoy that. I enjoy exploring, um, finding new places. The more outdoorsy I can be, the happier I am. Mm -hmm. I must say, while you're talking, I'm seeing an ad where on the one side you've got this ballet dancer and on the other side you've got you. <laughs> oh, cool. I like, I like the contrast there. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I cannot imagine you doing ballet. It just oh, no, doesn't fit. <laughs> my, my grand took me to one lesson when I was, I don't know, I must have been eight years old. And the first thing we had to do was um, star jumps across the room. And I couldn't even get those right for whatever reason. I was clapping my hands at the wrong time. And I was so embarrassed that I just ran out crying. And I was like, I don't want to do this class. Like, it's oh. not for me. Oh. And that was the end of my ballet career. <laughs> well, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shona, if you could be 20 years old again, not that that was a very long time ago, um, and you <laughs> could change anything, what would that be? I would definitely learn to sew a lot 
sooner than I did. Like I only learned how to sew myself this year. And it's given me a lot more control and freedom in my business. So I think it's very important if you are going to do something, even if you don't plan, for example, my plan was always to outsource the manufacturing, um, being knowing how to do it yourself and being able to do it yourself gives you an edge. And it's also a lot of fun. So I think it's important that you learn the skill that you need to do the thing that you want to do. And that applies a lot these days to um, the tech industry. So a lot of businesses are um, technology enabled or, you know, people want to build apps and they want to build uh, e-commerce sites or whatever it is. I would really highly encourage you to learn how to do that yourself. Sometimes we think it's a lot harder than it is and a lot scarier than it is, but there's so many courses that enable you to learn even just the basics. If you can understand how to do a little bit, it really, it really makes a huge difference. So that's going to be my motto from, from now on is if I am going to do something, I'm going to find out what is the core skill that is required to do this thing and how can I learn that myself? Mm-hmm. Even if you're in your 50s already. Absolutely. No, in fact, even more importantly at that at that age, because you don't want to let yourself deteriorate. And when we become too relaxed or too complacent, that's when that happens. And that's when your body and your mind start to give up on you. So it's more important to keep fresh. And then, and then you don't like I see a lot of people when they age. Life becomes scarier because technology is advancing faster than they are and mm-hmm. it's difficult to do things because you're not keeping up with it. So the more that you continue to learn and um, learning is such an interesting thing. If you, it doesn't even really matter what it is. If you learn a new skill, like even if it's a small one, like how to juggle, for example, uh-huh. your brain is rewiring new neural pathways in your brain. So number one, it's keeping you younger mentally, but it's also telling yourself that you can continue to do things. And that positive reinforcement of your own abilities gives you the courage to do more things. Mm -hmm. Sounds very, very motivational. And I will definitely also remember your mum doing her doctorate in her 50s. That is super, yeah. super inspirational. And I assume if you are her daughter, there's many things to come um, much bigger even than what you're doing right now. But speaking of that, if you think of your metaphorical mountains that you still want to hike out, what would that be? Oh, there's so many. I've got so many things. In fact, I keep my vision board next to my bed um, because I'm like, this is my path, what I'm doing. And all of the all of the goals are really large. So I um, I still want to revive the underwear manufacturing sector in South Africa. Um, so that means that I need to acquire this factory that I've got my eyes set on, scale it so that it becomes um, retail compliant and be supplying bras and underwear to major retailers in South Africa and Africa and abroad. 
so those are my goals for for Thursdays and obviously to have a huge social impact in doing so creating um, really good working environments for women in the country um, and what I want to do as well with the brand is really lead the way in sustainable fashion so we we collect all of our waste material and we upcycle it into really fun products like for example animal ears for spirit animal parties um i i sew it back into new sheets of fabric and i make new underwear from it um it's like one of a kind pieces i want to encourage retailers and other fashion brands to do the same so that we can create a trend of not throwing things away and finding creative ways to repurpose it and upcycle it. Um, so I really want to be a trendsetter in that regard. Um, I also have a, another company that I have semi-started, but put it on pause for now, just so that I can uh, focus on scaling Thursdays first. But there are a lot of signs that keep telling me that I need to pursue this as soon as possible. And that so, would be? And this is a matchmaking app called Click, C-L-I-Q-Q. Okay. Yeah, you set up your friends with other friends in your network. Mm -hmm. So it's building on trust and relationships um, uh, to connect people through through real networks. Um, okay, almost yeah. like an online dating kind of thing. Yeah, so it'll have dating. It'll also have business connections if you're traveling. Um so there's quite a few applications for that. Um, there is a music business that I was thinking of starting that has been on the back burner for a while. Uh, that's called Next Door Nation. And that is if you have a party, then you kind of stream the party and you can have multiple parties uh, across the world that are all interconnected. Mm -hmm. And it's linked with a, an, like um, a supply system so if you buy your food or your drinks or whatever you can buy it through the app and then a percentage of that spend goes towards a cause of your choice mm -hmm. um and then i'm also starting a reality show it's okay. called shona rising yeah shona so, who? shona rising yes so we've started filming already um it's pretty much a self self-produced thing at the moment but the idea is to follow my my journey as an entrepreneur um, before the rise so that you can see what it's like before the huge success comes because I can feel that is imminent and I want to share with my community what that takes, the ups and the downs. And there's two parts to this show. The one is the reality, how it's going. And the other part, I'm using AI. So it's the fantasy part. So we... We are creating storyboards using AI and everybody in the reality part has a mythical avatar. Mm -hmm. So my avatar in Shona Rising is a griffin, which is okay. half eagle, half lion. And so, yeah, it's a woman who turns into a griffin and then uh, pretty much has these same ideas that I've got, but approaches them in a more magical, mythical way of solving the world's problems. And then it cuts to the reality of how is that actually going? How am I really doing that in real life? And the idea is you will then be crystal rising, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody will 
be able, hopefully be inspired to go after their own ambitions and rise themselves and be bold and courageous and, you know, dream big and think creatively and push themselves in these new dimensions. So, so that's the, the concept around the show. That and sounds like a mouthful. <laughs> that's a couple of mountains. In terms of motivational quotes, is that something that you do? Oh, yes, all the time, all the time. So I've got two quotes. Um, the one I, I kind of made myself, and that's just my outlook on life, and that's that I see rainbows everywhere because I, I genuinely do, and I feel like it's quite a positive outlook on life. Uh, and rainbows to me are... It's, it's light energy, it's movement. It's like understanding that there are more dimensions than just this, the five senses that we've got. Mm -hmm. So it just, it brings me joy and happiness to every single time I see a picture of a rainbow. And then another one is I don't chase, I attract what is meant for me will find me. And this, I apply to my life when things don't go my way. Then I just believe that it's the universe putting a block there because that path is not for my highest good and that there's another path out there for me and that this one being blocked will allow me to find a better way. So I try and when I, when I feel a lot of resistance in one way, I stop pursuing that and I look for other alternatives and it helps me move faster through challenges through situations get to my my destination um sometimes in ways that i don't always expect mm -hmm. um or want yeah sometimes sometimes i'm like a uh, an angry child i'm like oh why can't it be this way this is just what i mean you know like okay sorry no, you know not everything is in your control like <laughs> just just believe that it's not meant to be and then i move on and things are fine mm -hmm. nothing is permanent in life either and whatever happens is for the greater good generally I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say always, like I also look at the chaos that is happening around the world at the moment. And I'm like, I don't believe that, that, that violence or destruction is ever for the greater good. Um, I try and stay clear of that as much as possible. But I think when things, when things are not harmful, like physically harmful and, and yeah, then, then I, I generally believe that it's, it's, bringing you along a path that's, that is necessary for some or other reason, even if it's just for learning and growing and evolving. Mm -hmm. Shona, if you could give one message to an entrepreneur today that is possibly struggling, in need of inspiration, what would your message be? I would say that the struggle is where the growth is and that if it was easy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same experience. It wouldn't feel as wonderful when you finally achieve it and crack it. And life is not necessarily about the outcome. It's about, it's about how we evolve as people during our, our time here. And you're not alone if you're struggling 
often when you look on social media and you see people's lives, it always looks extremely glorified and wonderful. But the truth is, is entrepreneurship is hard. Um, I definitely think it's worthwhile because it has so many more benefits. Um, especially entrepreneurs tend to be very free spirits. Mm-hmm. So I think it suits the personality of entrepreneurs more. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not extremely challenging and that it can it can feel overwhelming at times. But the important part is to just remain clear of why you're doing it. And I think that the the biggest success or hindrance to anybody is self-belief. So if you lose belief in yourself, that's when things won't happen. But if you believe inherently that you can do what you're setting out to do, then you will do it. If you if you are if you are determined and you and you believe that you have the ability to do it, then there should be nothing stopping you because you have that ability. But it's when you lose that belief and you start to doubt yourself, that's when things become tricky. So focus on things that that build your belief in yourself. And a part of that is having a balanced life. You know, a lot of times we sacrifice so much of ourselves for our business because we think, oh, you know, I've got to be working these really ridiculously long hours. I've got to be missing out on these things. I've got to be, you know, not spending on myself in these spaces but the important thing is you will burn out if you do not have time to rest and if you and life will pass you by if you do not enjoy it while you are living it so make sure that you take the time to do things for yourself as well as for your business but also if you invest in self-care you are telling the universe that you are worthy and um, then life will show up in that way for you and it doesn't have to be expensive things it could be things like taking a bath every now and then or just you know dressing up um for the day and making yourself feel good about yourself wearing the good underwear you know Uh like on a daily basis not just for special occasions um so yeah that's pretty much my advice well well and something that i saw somewhere is also if you don't go after what you want, you'll never have it. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Like, um, I mean, I said I'm a big believer in manifestation, but I don't mean that you should just sit there and wishfully think about things that you want. For me, manifestation is it's being clear about what you want, you know, like can you picture it in your mind's eye? Can you visualize it? Do you believe? that you can get that and then go out and get it because things will then start to align to help you with that. Um, But you've got to go and get it. You've got to go and do something about it. You can't just wait for life to be handed to you on a silver platter because you will be disappointed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like almost sitting on the beach and hoping some handsome guy's going to walk out of a sea. Well, I mean, that sometimes does happen. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you've got experience. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. I think something else that you've mentioned a couple of times is the whole notion of shining your light. And I think that's something that clearly comes through when I talk to you. 
your light is just shining so brightly. Oh, thank you so much. No, that is that is the most beautiful compliment because that is something that I, I really do believe in. Um, I believe that we are all beings of light inside of us. And as I said, this, this work that I've done with literally shining a light from my solar plexus um, has given me so much in my life. It, it's helped me like just as I said, with the confidence, with the way that people are even just attracted to me, like like in terms of they just walk into my path and introduce themselves to me and they have a lot of the answers to the things that I'm looking for. Um, I believe that the more light of a being you are and the more that you lean in, we've all got light and shadow. Oh, this is something that's actually quite interesting as well. So we've all got a light side and a shadow side. And our life side is, and neither is good or bad. So it's just, it's just, you know, one is the opposite to the other. Um, and if we lean more into our light side, then life will be lighter. And, but it is important to acknowledge our shadow side. So sometimes when things are not going your way, um, or, you know, you, you feel like maybe you've let somebody down or things, or if somebody is irritating you even, you know, we are all mirrors of each other. So if somebody irritates me, I try and look at that person and be like, what about these qualities that's irritating me? How, how do these qualities show up in my own self where I might be blind to it? Because this is actually your mirror a lot of the time showing you and it might not be not exactly in the same way but the more that we can acknowledge our shadow side and stop turning a blind eye to it because what I've realized is that the shadow is always there and it's visible to everybody else except for you because we don't like to see the parts mm -hmm. of ourselves that we don't like but if we can be brave enough to start looking at that side from a non-judgmental point of view, so we're not looking at it and we're putting ourselves down and we're saying, ah, oh, you're such a stupid person or you, you know, uh, you're not good enough or no, 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 no. Don't look at it from a judgmental point of view. But if you look at it objectively and be like, hmm, that's interesting that I have shown up in this, you know, not so positive way here. I wonder why that happened. What is it that, and the more that we start to understand and realize, and then if you understand, if you put down, let's say the, neg the, the shadow side is selfish, you know, and, and I can be quite selfish sometimes and not on purpose, but I think, mm -hmm. you know, most of these shadow qualities, everyone has Absolutely. a degree of it. Yeah. Um, so, so what is the opposite of selfish? Um, it's generous. It's considerate. Do I also show up as a generous person? Do I also show up as a considerate person? Yes, I do. Absolutely. So it's just understanding, okay, um, let me try and be more generous and considerate rather than more selfish. You know, so when that situation comes now, I know that there's the two sides. I know the light side is the, the considerate side. How can I be more considerate in this situation? And then you put that into practice. And that also helps you lean more into your light. And yeah, the more that, that, that you put that into practice, the more 
I, I feel life just smiles upon you. And like, I've been very lucky in the fact that a lot of people who are very well connected or very um, experienced in their fields have just been drawn into my path and are helping me achieve my goals um, in a very, very heartfelt manner. And I believe this is because I put out such a positive energy as often as possible that it that it's drawn back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and that it comes with shining the light. And it's so interesting because even my friends have said to me, they're like, you're Shona, you've been working out, you're looking fit, eh? And I'm like, no, I've just been shining a light for my solar plexus. And <laughs> is that all I have and to do? And I'll be in shape. I'm telling you, it's given me abs. I never used to have abs. In fact, I think that I used to carry a lot of emotional weight on, on my stomach. Um, okay. Our gut is a very emotional space. And um, sometimes we can carry weight in a protective sense. And because I've done a lot of this work and I've started to also, I realized I started Thursdays because I wanted women to look at themselves and see how beautiful they are and just feel that because I could, I could see that uh, about women, but I could see that they didn't always feel the same about themselves. And only recently, like I would say maybe at the beginning of this year, I realized that here I am, I'm very extroverted. So I always try and help external things before I look inward. But I'm trying to help everybody, you know, see their inner beauty and and their physical beauty and, and just embody that. But I still feel very insecure on my inside, even though I'm I'm presenting myself very confidently to the mm-hmm. world. So as soon as I started to do that inner work and just was like very compassionate to myself and 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 grateful to my body exactly how it is you know and realize you know as women our weight fluctuates as people our weight fluctuates but as women we carry weights around our womb area you know it's there for protection it's there for a reason this is so that i can give chil- uh, give birth uh, one day mm-hmm. and i'm grateful for that ability and you know if it means that i've got like an extra pooch there oh well you know the right people won't actually care about that so why do I and why am I letting it hold myself back from having a a positive relationship with myself and my body and as soon as I started practicing just that acceptance and self-love as I am today not trying to be like okay well if I lose this weight or if I look like this and that or whatever Today, every single day, I'm like very grateful for my body. I'm very grateful for everything that I have. And then the weight also started to fall off more naturally, you know, because, and without me really changing anything. In fact, I've been less active because I've been so busy, but I've lost more weight because I've just had a better relationship with myself and my body. And and actively shining the light also I think it, it contracts your core a little bit. It helps you stand up stronger and like, cause you've got to actually physically like imagine a burning light in your stomach, like shining out, like face the sun and like try and let your, your light hit the sun and rebound back to you as if the sun's rays are yours coming back at you. 
And that is that physical, I think, exercise that gives you the abs. And it's mm. quite easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much well, easier than the gym. <laughs> it is much easier. And I'm just thinking that that would be an amazing addition to your website, a section on Shona McDonald's tips to diet or to get into tips shape. So I think it would be, I think it would more be tips to have a better relationship with yourself uh-huh. because I think with the relation, all of our bodies are also different, right? And I think um, that this this desire to fit into like a specific body shape is a mainstream media narrative that has been carried through the generations and is often, I don't know, I, it, it seems to me like a one type of male's perspective on what makes women sexy, you know? The same thing is like, why were bras only made for a certain body shape, the nice bras? Then as soon as you go over a certain size, then it's like granny bras. Like, okay, you're no longer sexy, therefore you can't have a sexy bra. Like, that is nonsense to me. For me, everybody is really beautiful for their own reasons. In fact, humans to me are like nature. We are nature. Flowers and plants are completely different from one another, but are all so beautiful for their own reason as are humans. So even if we are bigger or smaller or whatever, the idea is to love how we are and what makes us different because why should I want to look like anybody else when I can look the best as myself? Mm-hmm. And feel good about it. I think that is and the most important yeah. part. And, the, and the, the most attractive thing about people is confidence. So I realized as well is it's about how you hold yourself, how you carry yourself, how you walk into a room, what is the energy about you. And that is what people find attractive and beautiful. And and when you can see your inner beauty and you look in the mirror and you can see the beauty inside of you, let me tell you, your cells of your body will change to reflect that beauty. But it's because we put ourselves down so much and we feel so bad about ourselves that our cells are not responding to be the best they can be. Mm-hmm. I think there's another workshop in the making. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I I do actually want to start blogging and, and sharing some of this because I do feel like, you know, going uh, consciously going through this, this journey of self-development and growth is something that I do want to share with my community. It's just time is the only thing. Like, it's just so much to do and my to-do list gets longer mm-hmm. than it gets shorter. Mm-hmm. But it is definitely there and it is something um, that I enjoy as well. So at some stage, I will definitely be writing about all of this. I make notes here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so do follow my, my, um, my pages. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Shona, but something from our conversation today is that Shona McDonald is much more than just boobs. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's a whole but, lot um, more. I, I absolutely am. Um, I'm boobs and brain and eyes and spirits. And 
Um, but I, I love, I used to hate my boobs, actually. When I was growing up, I really used to not like them because they grew so big and then they didn't fit into anything and they made me feel so self-conscious about myself. And then as I got older, then they drooped and I'm like, what the hell? This is not like a sexy young body like I expected. Um, but I have come to love them so much because they have given me, you know, so much purpose in my business. Um, they've allowed me to connect to so many women on a very, very personal level and help people as well with the way that they see themselves and carry themselves, as well as the confidence to start a business and therefore to start more businesses. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so again, it's just about reframing how we see the same things um, and seeing how can we use this thing that at first I thought was you know, to my detriment and turn it into a positive and um, into my life's purpose in a way.